Robbie Motter. Love Talk Radio. Hello, this is Robbie Motter of Diva Strategies for Success, weekly radio show that's heard every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, where I bring you dynamic guests from across the country. Today's guest is an incredible woman. Her name is Brittany Bearden. And Brittany Bearden is the um she is the owner of uh, she is the owner CEO and founder of At Large PR. She specializes in personal branding PR for entrepreneurs and nonfiction authors. She is Walters Bearden is also a contributor to to Entrepreneur Magazine. And uh, let me give you her website so you can learn more about her before I bring her online. Go to www.atlargepr.com. And you can also connect with her on Facebook at www.facebook.com and then slash at large publicity and marketing. And Twitter, www.twitter.com at large and then uh, at large PR. Uh, Welcome, Brittany. I'm so happy to have you on the show. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, I love. I was looking at your website. You have a beautiful website, and um, oh, and I I was reading some of the things on it. It's fabulous because actually every everybody who writes a book or does anything like that needs to have you help them because you certainly have some great ideas. What do you think the biggest mistake that entrepreneurs make with their PR efforts? The biggest mistake that I see commonly is that people try to treat reporters, producers, and editors like staff. They confuse being controlling with controlling the message because entrepreneurs are used to being able to tell people what to do. And they, so it doesn't work with the media when they make demands on editors and producers the way they would on staff from what links should be included in their website to when the story should run. That's true. You push them too hard, they push you at the end of the the or in the file 13, right? Right. So what do you think the biggest mistake PR uh people make with press releases? The biggest mistake that I see is that they promote something that isn't newsworthy. There's often a newsworthy element to what they're doing, but they're focusing on what's interesting to their team internally instead of what's interesting to the public. And when you're trying to reach the media, you're trying to reach the public, not your own coworkers. So, for example, if you shift the focus from the fact that you're raising money on a crowdfunding site to the project or good cause, you can get media attention, but raising money isn't news. Promote for coverage. So, actually, the end result probably for that would be, who are you helping? Right, right. With a crowdfunding project. Um, What if a company doesn't have news? Should they just stay quiet? No, there's always things going on, and I'm sure you know this, whenever you see something in pop culture on the news or you're reading newsletters in the morning or LinkedIn groups that have industry news that are relevant to you, there's always something going on that you can comment on. So if you just stay aware of what's going on and think about what you could contribute to the conversation that other people couldn't, it's an opportunity to build their public profile and make themselves a, a valuable source. Um, how could someone contribute to the 
time of the year? There's countless ways that the time of the year can influence your PR pitches. For example, a sales trainer could write a guest piece about sales-related New Year's resolutions. Um, a fitness expert could interview about staying in shape during the holidays. Or a cookbook author could do demonstration interviews for National and Pinata Day. There's, there's a holiday every day, so it just depends on your industry. But there's always yes. something going on. Right. I, I have that. Chase is 365 days a year. So whatever day you pick up, there's always a holiday. And actually, people can name a holiday if they want. That's true. That's true. I know we just had National Dog Day last week. That's, that's great because a lot of people love dogs. So that would be great right. to jump in on that. What do you right. think mistakes that uh, producers hate? in demonstration interviews? When people show up without props, uh, one producer told me about a chef who showed up to do a demonstration interview, and he only brought his cookbook. He didn't bring anything to cook or show the audience. You can't do a demonstration without anything to demonstrate. Right, that's true. Um, What is the biggest thing that holds people back from getting press for their crowdfunding campaign? We touched on it a little bit earlier, but they try to promote the fact that they're raising money instead of the new or interesting project or good cause that they're raising money for. A lot of the times people who are going on there are trying to raise money either for something that's going to revolutionize their industry that they just don't have the money to do or it's going to be very interesting to consumers or it's going to help a lot of people. And so when they wind up focusing on the fact that they're raising money, that's not news, but there's a lot of newsworthy things to a crowdfunding campaign. Yeah, um, I'm familiar with crowdfunding. Several of my, my members from NAFI have used that concept. Um, what is the biggest copywriting, copywriting mistake that you see people making on press releases? The number one I see is using buzzwords, use plain English. I mean, what do words like consumer-driven solutions and holistic approach really mean? The two industries that are probably the worst with this are the tech industry and the medical industry. People in the medical industry are always telling me that they can't read another press release that says state-of-the-art on it. Um, right. Right. Like, um, Besides using words that don't mean anything as far as just kind of being gibberish, people also use words that don't mean anything because they're just adjectives that they gave themselves. So they called themselves best in class or state of the art, but they didn't have a publication say that. Um, So I think that when you're using those adjectives, you should really use some kind of proof to back it up. Or if you are trying to convey that you're unique, explain how or why you're unique. It's it's not really interesting to say you're unique, but it is interesting to explain how you're unique. Huh, that's interesting. Um, what is the worst mistake that someone can make when they're writing a guest piece? Writing advertorial content. So often people try to write their pieces to deliver a sales pitch instead of to inform the readers, and they're just not of much use to anyone. Um, so sometimes they're bad and then they end with a call to action like call us today at, and, and you're not writing an advertisement if you were reading a publication you would not read the you would not read that piece right if someone else had written it so right. a, good, a good test is to think about if you would read the exact same thing 
if you were reading a magazine and someone else, not you, or someone on your team had written it? Um, would you recommend that if somebody's writing something to give it to someone else to read before they send it and say, if you were reading this, what would you, what would, what, what concept would you think we were trying to convey? I absolutely would. I used to say for people who have small businesses and they don't have a team that they can talk to, to maybe ask their spouse, but I realize my spouse thinks everything I do is wonderful, so I now tell people to talk to their mother-in-law who can maybe <laughs> say a little. So, so someone you know is going to be objective and not just say, oh, that's wonderful, you did a great job. Right. So what are some guidelines for writing good guest pieces? So first and foremost, you should pay attention to what the editor requests. Uh, the editor is always right because they decide whether or not your piece will run. Most industries, the client is always right. This one, the editor is always right. Um, there aren't any hard and fast rules for writing guest pieces. But like I said, keep your meet reader in mind when you're writing and make sure that they learn something or inspired or at the very least are entertained by what you have to say. There, you know, there's all different word counts that different editors will assign, and don't go too far over or too far under. And if they say that they need certain things included or they need it as a list instead of as just one big piece, just always pay attention to that. And if they don't give you those kind of specific requests, you can always take a look at their past articles and see how other people are writing their articles for this site. Some of them have a whole style guide. We want we right. want two in dashes instead of one m dash, and we always want quotes inside the uh, punctuation. Or some of them will have entire style guides, but some don't. Yeah, I've heard I've heard use of AP style a lot. What is the biggest mistake uh, people make when they're writing their professional bio? Well, you probably noticed when I sent your bio over or my bio over to you that it was very short. One of the yes. biggest mistakes that you see is when people give too much information because editors and producers so often cut their bio down to two or three sentences. So if you give them too much to choose from, they might not choose the two or three sentences that are the most important. If someone says, I really need more information about you, of course you have the longer bio you can send along. But what's more often the case is that you'll have a long bio that they want two or three sentences from. And so if I wrote my bio chronologically, starting with graduating from the University of Wisconsin, being a copywriter, ghostwriting and editing books, and they just took the first two sentences, I would look like a recent graduate with no professional experience. Right. Um, tell me, um, I, I noticed, you know, that you work with, you, you do uh, branding and you do PR for entrepreneurs and nonfiction authors. How do you work with these people? If somebody came to you and just they're a writer and they want to have you help them, how would you, what would the procedure be and how do you help them? Uh, well, first we would talk about if they're ready for what a PR campaign entails, whether they're ready to do the preparation for interviews, to write the guest pieces, to send review copies of their books. And you have to remind people, too, that outside of the expense of me, there's also the expense of sending review copies of your book, and there's also the expense of traveling for television interviews because most of the time television does not cover your travel. So if someone says that they really can't afford to travel for television, then we'll, 
we then have to, in the strategy, note that we're only pitching television within, say, a 50-mile radius of where they live or something uh-huh. like that. Um, and so then we would talk through their talking points, what's going on with them, their book, kind of see which niches they fit into. Uh, I had someone come who did floral arranging, and she had a book on it, and she had a really, really interesting background, and I really wanted to work with her, but I didn't know what to do with her at first when she first contacted me. And after a couple of days, I was thinking, oh, of course. Um, there's so much more than just a couple of floral magazines, also bridal magazines. Um, <laughs> it's it's obvious, but sometimes it takes a couple of days. Um, and so then you just think about where they can contribute and really develop talking points around all of these different topics that they can speak on. Would you say, like, if somebody is doing a book, that would be good for them to contact you while they're doing the book because then you, like, many of them don't know that they have to, like, there's, you can have copies of the covers in the back cover. So when they're doing the printing, they should have those made. But a lot of times they don't find that out until after they've done the book. It can be So with working with you ahead of time, then you could do you, is do you have people that do that where they work with you ahead of time and I do. you kind of give them an idea of different things they need to do or maybe even um you know if they need help in ghostwriting maybe you have your staff do it does that or you know people you could recommend to them or how does that work okay we can help with things like ghostwriting and editing but we do work with people in advance whether we're building publicity up before the launch of their book or the other thing is sometimes when people come to us with the book done, it's already hard to promote because the cover isn't very good or they didn't get it edited properly and it's just not a professional product. And the really funny thing about it is so many of the authors are self-published and they know that the editing isn't right and that the cover isn't what they'd like. But for some reason, they kind of forget that they're paying the publisher sometimes. Right. And and so they just say they just kind of go with what their publisher says, and they don't want to have that like they they have that traditional what the publisher says is right kind of mentality from the 80s or 90s or something. And Instead they, of what they, they want, that what conveys who they right, are. Right. They forget that they're actually paying for it. So sometimes they can have me be the bad guy and say, "Come on, guys, this cover is not good. Um, I don't know how we're going to promote this or something like that." Yeah. Uh, see, to me, it would make sense, somebody with your expertise, for somebody, and, and the interesting thing is I get so many, I know so many people that have written books, writing books, so it's great for me to know right. someone that I can refer on to, because I think to have the perfect book, if, they're, if they haven't written books before and they're brand new in this, then to have somebody who is an expert help them. They're going to have a much better launch. They're going to have, sell more books, and their name is going to get out there and be bigger. That's exactly right. Do you speak for groups as well? Do you go out and speak? I, for- I, do, I do speak for groups uh, whenever I get the opportunity. I, I like to help educate people about public relations because – one of the hardest things is that people hear about it all the time, but they don't really know what it consists of, so they don't realize it can help them. Right. The reason I was asking, you're in D.C., right? 
Um, I was in D.C. the majority of last year. I'm currently in Las Vegas. D.C. is right. Oh, you're not too far from me. I'm in Southern California. Okay. Okay, what Um, part? um, I live actually in a town called Menifee near Temecula on the way to San Diego. Oh, okay. That area is gorgeous. We've done some wine tastings out in Temecula. Yeah, well, you're very close. When you're going to the wine tasting, you go right by our town. Uh, okay. The reason I ask is because, you know, we, I'm also the NAFI um, global director, and NAFI has networks all over, and we're always bringing in speakers. And I think, like you say, people do not understand what PR is. The other thing, I've, I've uh, talked to many uh, many people that are uh, editors or of newspapers and magazines and things over the years, and they say, you know, people, like you say, people sometimes are demanding what they want in, but they say very rarely does anybody ever thank them when they do get in. What is your take on that? I think that you should always thank them. It It is easy. I, I do know I can be bad about sometimes I'll get done with, because I do a lot of publicity on myself, sometimes I get done with it, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I got it done, and it totally skips my mind, um, but I do agree that people should thank people whenever they can. And I've had clients go to the extent of sending a thank you note. Sometimes just even a thank you email is good enough. Right. Yeah, and years do, ago I when do, I used to do a lot of PR for uh, some of my networks, I would always at the end of the year do like a certificate of appreciation for all the press they gave, you know, the networks over the that particular year. And, and many of them really totally appreciated that. Do you ever do you do any online, um, blog, uh, you know, a blog or online classes or anything like that? I have a webinar coming up next month. Could would you send me the link to that, and I'll be happy to route it out to Absolutely. all the NAFI members across the country because I do believe this is something yeah. people need to learn more about it. Absolutely, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, and what will, what you will do when you send it to me, send it to armoder at aol.com. Do not um, put an attachment. Most people won't open attachments. Right. And then I'll route it out, you know, all over. And because this is, you know, this is something people um, absolutely must listen to. And another thing that would be really good for what you're writing about, do you ever, you do, I know you write for Entrepreneur. Do you write for other magazines as well? Well, one of my, uh, my Los Angeles director, Althea Lido, has an incredible magazine called E for Executive Women. It's about 165 pages in color. She's always looking for great articles for it. It's the most beautiful magazine. And let me, her email is Allie, A-L-L-Y, at AOL.com. And I know that she would love to have you. And, and possibly, when is your, your um, webinar coming up? What date? It's coming up. Let me pull up the exact date for you. My brain does not retain dates and numbers very well. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, let's see. There's the link. And what okay. is the webinar Jesus. called? Um, three keys to your success, featuring PR expert Brittany Bearden. Um, it's what is it? Three, key, three keys to your success. Featuring PR expert Brittany Bearden. It's Tuesday, April 21st at 
6.30 Central, so 4.30 Pacific. Okay, 4.30. Okay, send that to me, and I'll route it over to Allie. But I think that it would be great to have you do something in that magazine. I would love to. I'm, I and would she would, she would absolutely love talking with you. And um, just, you can just tell her you were on my show, and I suggested it. And let me give you her L.A. phone number. It is 310-990-9496. Okay. Uh, and her, she, her email is Allie, A-L-L-Y-L-E-D-O at AOL.com, but her real name is Althea. And when you see the, have her send you the link. Have her send you the link to the magazine, and you'll be able to see a lot of things that you'll be able to do um, to promote what you're doing. Because what you're doing can help so many other women, and I'm passionate about how we can step out and make a difference. Yes, I agree 100. percent And that's my biggest challenge with PR is people understanding what it is that I do and how it's different from what the SEO people do and how it's different from what the social media people do and all of that. Um, so. Another uh, another place you could send an article is about a – he only has a, right now about a 54,000 circulation in Southern in um, Southern California. It's a guy by the name of Ed Sperling, S-P-E-R-L-I-N-G, and he has, um, he has the um, Inland Empire Review – Okay. And where that goes is Ontario, Rancho Cucamonga, Corona, Riverside, uh, San Bernardino, the Desert, Hemet, uh, Merino Valley, uh, Marietta, and Temecula. Okay. And I think doing something on some basics on PR would be a great thing. I think you would love it. I think so, too. Uh, and that's actually an easy area for us. We went to. I write two columns for him every month in that. That's why I know a little bit about the. But I know okay. that he's always, I've, you know, have recommended several people to him, who have just loved doing articles in the. I will. His his email is e sperling s p e r l i n g at me dot com. Thank you. So I mean that will give you, and you know it's close enough to all your areas, that it would give you some great exposure this side of Vegas. It does. And he's, a great, great he's information. a great guy. And he's his goal is to actually take that magazine, I mean, that newspaper, it's like a business journal, to take it all over Southern California. Okay. That's great. Now, if you were going to give some people um, tips to get started, what would they be? To get started... I think one of the biggest tips I would have is we talked a little earlier about the people who have a little bit of an ego trying to dictate things to the media. Then there's the opposite, the people who have no experience, so they're too afraid to approach the media in the first place. Uh So I would say to get out of your own head and realize that it's not a one in a million thing that only happens to certain people. Like you can be the person it happens to. Um, Right. There, there's not really rules for how it happens to you. It, the biggest one is that if you don't go out there and ask, it's never going to happen. Yeah, um, see, I'm, I'm all about the powers and the asking. Right, the, the powers and the asking. Now, I mean, realistically, will you get a New York Times the first time you ask? Probably no. But, no. But then I do actually have clients who in the first week of their campaign got in USA Today, so I can't say that anymore. 
<laughs> yeah, USA Today used to, I don't know if they still do, but they used to have like a um, list where people could get on this list and any time a topic came up, if they were an expert in that particular topic, right. they would get called to um, comment on. So right. I don't know if they there still is, do that, but they used to do that. There's various opportunities like that out there, um, but it's it's really just kind of getting out of your own head because if you never ask, it will never happen. And conversely, not to get discouraged when you keep asking and it seems like nothing's happening. Um, really the biggest thing to me is to go back and think about, like, is it the strategy? Is it the way you're presenting it? Could you do it better? You know, was it personal enough to the outlet? Maybe it wasn't tailored to the person you were trying to contact. And, you know, there's there's so many different things. Or maybe the subject line didn't encourage people to open it. Um, and so just kind of always going back where I think that strategy is really the, the core of everything. Um, the execution is important, but and maybe that's my perspective as the person who does the strategy and has people on on her team doing the execution work. I'm maybe a little internally focused on the strategy being everything. But um, the next thing I was – I'm sorry, you sound like you want to say something. No, no, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, and then the next thing I would say is to think about what you can offer the media. For example, if you, a press release is really only good if you have news or it's also really good if you have a nonprofit event. Not something kind of – thrown together just for the sake of putting out a press release to say we're doing something for charity, but really something you put a lot of work into or is somehow special. Press releases are really good for those kind of things, but if you don't have any kind of breaking news, like your company's been around for a while, um, you're somewhat established, but you don't have big things going on, so you don't have the news of starting the company or publishing your book, think about what you can offer, and you can offer insights for interviews or guest pieces or you know any of these things you can offer tickets to your show if you have a show or guest list media to an event like there's all or you can offer a review copy of your book but if you don't have the news think about what you can offer right of what's in um, it it's not what's in it for me it's how you can help someone else right exactly exactly and that's that's probably the number one way for someone to increase their coverage is to think about what they can give instead of what they can get. So on this uh, webinar that you're doing, what kind of things will they learn? Um, well, I'm hoping that we'll be covering off on some of kind of the same basics that we're talking about today. Uh, the webinar organizer and I are actually still working on what's going to happen, but I think I think it will be probably quite similar to our talk. But they, it's kind of a, like a beginning, and then maybe later you'll do more in-depth um, yes. kind of webinars or things like that. This is this so, is my first webinar, actually. Okay. So okay. I know I know I'm behind the curve, but this is this is my first webinar, so. No, you gotta you know you get everything going, then you do it. When it's I always believe right. when the time is right, it's right. So let's tell people how to get a hold of you again because we're getting down in time. Mm. Okay, um, my website is www.atlargepr.com. However, the best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn because I do try to take most of those relationships into the real world. I offer a free 30-minute consultation to my LinkedIn contacts. 
so then I can really dig more into people's specific questions. That's good. I like that. Um, yeah. I like you know. I knew that I would learn something. I've been doing PR for a long time, but I do it you know for a lot of the things that I do. But I learned some things from you today, so that was cool. Oh, I think when good. you can learn. I think when you learn, everything is a learning curve, and when you learn something, that is fabulous. So I want to thank you so much um, for coming on uh, my show because it's been really, really cool to have you. And be sure and follow up with those two people I told you because I think they'll be really good for you. I certainly will. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for all of the great information. Well, we what it is is it's about helping each other. You know that? When we work together, women can grow and do anything they want to do. But we, you know, we have to share. It can't be what's in it for me. It can be how we help each other, and I, I totally believe in that. So that is very uh, true, Brittany. It's been wonderful, and one of these days, maybe we'll connect and um, be able to actually meet each other. That sounds perfect. Thank you, and have a nice day. And you too. Bye now. Bye.